Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. What's good, wrestling world? It's the one, the only, Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? Now, granted, we're trying to keep ourselves distracted because of all the bullshit going on in this world. And the one thing, aside from baseball, keeping us, said we're distracted, is professional wrestling. I'm going to start backwards here. We're going to review AEW first, then NXT, then, you know the rest. I go on my spiel about what I like, what I don't like, what I would like to see fixed, but you know what? <laughs> Let me see here. Da, 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 da. AEW. I saw some of it, folks. I'm flipping back and forth. I'm giving it a fair shake, but... God's sakes, I don't want to review from Forbes. Bleacher Report. Oh, wait, that's July 22nd. Mm-hmm. I know that Jericho complained about his jacket smelling like cat pee. Well, actually, his peers from the inner circle said that it smelled like cat pee, but. Anyways, I'm going to read to you the results, folks. Why? Because I can and I will. So, started off with the TNT Championship Open Challenge. The American Nightmare Cody defended against top wrestler J.P. Warhorse. So, the Inner Circle started off the night. Let's see here. Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Taz welcome us inside the Daily Place Amphitheater, Jacksonville, Florida. Inner Circle versus Best Friends, Orange Cassidy and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Sure, this is results from tonight. I mean, come on. Okay, yeah, this is. It seems like they're repeating some of the matches from last week. Hmm. Okay. So it was a big 10-man tag to start off the night. The champion is still wearing a white jacket. He got orange juice dumped on all over. On a previous episode of Dynamite, Le Champion got a end by orange juice, that is. Okay, so I don't need to know about the theme. I need to know what happened in my case. And the match finally gets underway. <laughs> Freshly squeezed one. I like that description. Keeps mocking the inner circle, getting in big moves. And then all hell broke loose. All ten men entered the ring. There's a brawl. The best friends do high dives to the outside. So in other words, suicide dives or suicide to whatever. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy follow suit. Marco Stone dress expressing. 
He had a big dive. Okay, this review is giving me a headache, but I'll read anyways. Okay, so now the inner circle get involved. Okay. They basically let them have it. Okay, I get it. Hager. Sammy Guevara. Let's see here. So these guys were involved legally in the match. Then Trent, Jake crosses back, blah, 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 big Samoan drop. Okay, who wins this match? Because this is way too long of a description. Okay, the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. So... Cassidy grabs Jericho and throws him into the first row over ringside barricade back in the ring. Soros goes for a choke slam Guevara, but doesn't get it. Guevara goes to the top rope, but before anything happens, Matt Hardy. So Matt Hardy interfered. Go figure, right? This leads to a big kick from Luchasaurus. One, two, three. Whatever gets the win. Moxley comes out and talks about stay out of people's business. He says handling his business with Brian Cage. Then he wants to do it to do with Darby Allen. Yeah, he did what he had to do. I agree. He says he's not a punk bitch or freedom on the mic, right? Just letting it loose. Moxley goes on to address Ricky Starks. Okay, TNT Championship Open Challenge Warhorse versus the American Nightmare Cody. Okay, so Warhouse comes out like Renegade from WCW with slight, yeah, slight face paint. This dude is pretty cool. I met him before. Um, Ted Bang, like an 80s rocker. Okay, the independent station wraps up his entrance in the familiar true American Nightmare plays. So, JR says Cody's face will tell the story. Okay. So Warhorse turns him around and gives him chops and big shots for dropping him and going for a pinfall. Okay, so now he starts focusing on the arm. There's an arm lock with Cody. Cody goes down. So I'm guessing Cody won, but... Well, actually, hang on. Warhorse counters a figure four leg lock submission attempt from Cody. However, the champ eventually pulls his way to the ropes and breaks a hold. Okay, so this is actually a lengthy match. This is actually, ah, uh, well, Cody won. His Warhorse eventually tapped out. So this is amazing. Okay. Matt Cardona debuted. After the dark match, we see Dark Order hit the ring after the match. Okay, so Dark Order, this is the part I saw. Matt Cardona. Makes his AEW debut. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Now we return to La Champion, Chris Jericho, and the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara. So in two weeks, we freshly squeezed one. We'll go one-on-one with Jericho in a debate. Well, Jericho does have a mouth, so I'm... This will be interesting to see. Yes, I criticize AEW, my friends. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, Russell underscore radio on Instagram. I will be answering questions throughout the night. If you have any, I already got a first one. Okay, I'll get to yours in just a second, sir. Got to review the show first. Okay, what's your question? Yeah, I got show ADD. Show D, whatever. Show DHD. 
the new terminologies and phrases that I use. Okay, anyway, so your question to me is why am I being all nicey-nice with AEW? No, 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 dude, I'm being fair. And I'm changing things up just a little bit on Off the Rails Uncensored, if you will, folks. Did I answer your question, Joe? Awesome. We had the contract signing with Tony Schiavone, his chief brand officer, Brandy Rhodes, for FTR. Another shot? Or is it just a tag team? I mean, I don't... I think it's brilliant. I mean, on their end, to do what they're doing, you know, tag rope just for them. Double teams allow, you know, some of the stuff that they were doing during the contract signing made complete and total sense. Okay, now it goes back from commercial break to the AEW World Tag Team Championships, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. The Dark Order is now in the ring, and Evil Uno and Stu Grayson will challenge. So who wins these? Who wins the match? I'm going to skip forward. This match didn't really interest me at all. Okay, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. After the match, the Dark Order versus FTR and the Elite. So, who gets the victory in this one? Okay. Diamante versus Akuru Shida. So, it's a non-title match. The women's division doesn't interest me either. Sorry. It really doesn't. So, the winner is Akuru Shida. Go figure. Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose introduce Arion. The hell is Arion? Oh, tag team partner of Nyla Rose for the Women's World Cup Tournament. Why is there so many tournaments in AEW? We'll figure that out later. MJF with Wardlow makes state of the industry address. Yikes. We're talking. Okay. So Taz talks. Moxley saying he's going to be alone. Then he makes his way back to the commentary table. Well, I guess, you know, you have to do multitask when you're an announcer slash manager, which is kind of one reason why I can rip AEW a new asshole in a little fashion sense of the word. Some of your shit's good, some, but the, he can be a commentator, he can be an announcer. Look at DiBiase. DiBiase was never an announcer, one. Two, that only com- that combo only worked with Jerry the King Lawler when he managed Isaac Yankum's DDS and various other superstars. And he, anyways, I'm I digress. Let's continue. So when we return from the break, we see Cage and Starks dominating the action. Delighted Taz, blah blah blah. Moxley and Allen actually. Okay, so there was an impromptu tag team match between Cage and Starks. As a team and Allen and Moxley. So there's a, it's covered in thumbtack that shit because tax can actually trust him. They know this. When you land on them, yes, they do pop out and they do damage your shit, like your boots, your back. Sometimes they stay in and sometimes, boy, they pop right back out on a suplex or however they pop the fuck out. Anyways. That was AEW Dynamite for the time being. Cameron makes AEW debut 
joins Nyla Rose's first team in Deadly Draw Tag Tournament. AEW's women's division, it's just, okay. Some talent, no talent. Some talent, no talent. In other words, it's one big heaping mess. And it's a work in progress. I can't be dishonest with myself, but I think AEW's trying. Like I said, it's difficult when you don't have an audience for certain things in wrestling. It's also difficult when you know, AEW made their case well known that they don't give two flying fucks what they say on the mic. That can be a hurt. That can also be a harm. That's actually two of the same things. That can be a help or a harm. There we go. There's the fucking contrast. Trust me, I, you know, it's great to let loose on the mic, but they're, like I told you guys, AEW reminds me a lot if you blend the good old days of ECW with Paul Heyman and WCW when it didn't give two flying shits about larger-than-life characters, cartoony characters, ones that were not real and the fans cannot identify with. Tonight's show... I mean, the only humorous thing I could think of was when Jericho was describing what he was going to do to Orange Cassidy, you know, next week in a debate. This dude is a fucking creative genius, and that's why he's one of the few people on AEW's roster that I respect, aside from Omega, Moxley, and all them, and they don't need my fucking respect. Rhodes, that depends. That depends on what gets done and what doesn't get done, and trust me, They're doing a lot more than some people griping and bitching on the internet, right, about a wrestling company. Yeah, I still will criticize them, dude. I've got loads of criticisms for them from past, present, then, now, and forever, past, present, future. But they've only been a company for two years. And um, to to save us the trouble of me ranting early on in the show. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, message me through my inbox at wrestle underscore radio. That's wrestle underscore radio or through Facebook too. wrestle radio network forward slash facebook.com on Twitter at Brian rails or B train. Oh, 5,000 on the Twitter handle. This is where you can message us folks. You can question. Well, me just for tonight. Night. Like once again, I did not want to intrude upon Lady Lynn and her thoughts and opinions, but if I to the point where I was so not angry but disappointed. I knew that Sasha was going to somehow win the Raw Women's Championship, even, you know, without Bailey interfering. So that's not the point. The point is Main Roster, some of them have their shit together. And NXT, which I will be getting into later tonight. Let's see here. Um, um, that's my favorite tagline. Um, NXT. So... There's a number one contenders match, actually. It was going to be added in this ladder match from the North American Championships, right? Uh, Three weeks from today. Actually, three weeks from Sunday. NXT, blah, blah, blah. Okay. 
Io Shirai and Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai. So Dakota Kai left her partner high and dry. I think it's kind of funny how now she's facing Leah Ripley one-on-one. So Io Shirai and Tegan Knox easily defeat Candice LeRae and because Tegan Knox said, I don't play well with others when she was interviewed in the back. So Roderick Strong versus Johnny Gargano. Gargano ended up winning with the slingshot EDT. Oh no. We just ran out of time, folks, and I just find it funny. So Gargano beat Roderick Strong and Pinfall. Yeah, that was kind of an odd ending for those two. I thought it would go a little bit longer. Shotzi Blackheart versus Mercedes Martinez, not interested. We knew Mercedes Martinez was going to win that match easily. Actually, they just didn't have to fight, but anyways. Um, Imperium versus Everrise. Imperium gets the win, and then, okay, Undisputed Era comes in and attacks. Jake Atlas versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Isaiah Swerve Scott wins the match. Okay, McKenzie asked Damian Priest about his spot next week's triple threat. He's competing against Oni Lurkin and Ridge Holland. Uh, yeah, I don't... So who... Okay. Ridge Holland must be a really big name because I've never heard of the guy. I'm just being honest. I have never heard of the guy, and I don't know exactly where to take this. Other than, okay, maybe he's a dark horse. Maybe he's a wild... I don't know. Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher versus Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis, I can tell you right now, this guy has a lot of depth to him. He didn't even barely get involved. Then he incapacitates Timothy Thatcher. Voila, folks. There's your guy that's joining Bronson Reed. So there's a lot of new faces in NXT because I'm pretty sure they didn't want to push Balor because Balor's already been at the top of the mountain. He's won the... Well, he's won the Intercontinental Championship. He's the first ever WWE Universal Champion. Technically, a lot of fans are going to tell you he didn't really lose it. We know. It was, it was kind of, eh, kind of night for NXT. Oh, yeah. Keith Lee wanted Karrion Cross, and all he got was the Sasquatch that comes out every single week. And by the way, Scarlet. Um, I just, I don't know. She's not, she's not really gotten involved in any of his matches. So on behalf of all managers, get your fingers fucking dirty already. Slap, do something, interfere, run interference. There's got to be something that she's good for other than being eye candy and looking like Vanna White pointing at the Titan Tron, doesn't even pick up a goddamn mic. Oh, no, 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 no. She doesn't get involved. She just stands there. It's like having a valet, right, that looks great. So if I get a really hot dude, yes, guys, you guessed it. I'm the flamer. So if I get a really hot dude to manage me in professional wrestling and have him just give sultry poses or whatever, and he doesn't do goddamn thing during my matches. Then, okay, we're back to the age of Sable and Mark Miro 
Paul Bear, Undertaker, Harvey Whippleman, because Robert Stone looks fairly similar. Except for he's not bald. The head of a full head of hair is what I mean. But anyways, well, she comes out and she points to the screen and he, carrying cross, what kind of man doesn't interfere when his friend is getting overwhelmed? So in other words, Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross three weeks from now? Okay, got it. It's obvious. Maybe we might get a surprise. I don't know. They're pushing new folks, so well, that's what sources have been citing. Maybe wrong. Never know in WWE. But I got to say, man, some of me, you know, some parts of me want to say, I'll watch AEW just because I need something else to report upon instead of just being a singular reporter, right? There's always questions burning in my mind, like, without an audience, how are they going to do this angle? Without an audience, how is certain people's promos going to be interesting, awe-inspiring? All that good jazz, you know. At the end of tonight's results of NXT, I'm surprised that Balor didn't go over. I'm surprised that last week Gargano or Roderick Strong. But I'm guessing, and this is just a hunch, they're trying to give fans a new look. And whether you agree or disagree, There's always that one good possibility that you're going to have a debate from someone. And here's what it's going to sound like. I knew it all along. I knew that this was going to happen. And you say to yourself, no, you didn't. No, you fucking didn't. You didn't know that Dexter Loomis was going to go over in a match with Timothy Thatcher and Finn Balor. I thought it was going to be Finn Balor and Thatcher. It was Loomis. Now, he did a very good job of psyching out his opponents. I mean, would you guys want to go up against the psychopath? It was like the real-life Jason Bourne gimmick. Like He doesn't recall certain things. But he does have the instinct and he does have that willpower to just basically go through everyone in WWE, pain or no pain, right? I like it. There's a lot of onion peels that we can go off of Dexter Loomis. He's got so many fucking layers, it's amazing. And uh, as far as AEW goes, I think the TNT Championship, at least, you know, I didn't say this much about Cody. I mean, he may do some dumb shit every once in a while, but the fact that he owns majority of that company, uh, the fact that he actually gave a gentleman by the name of Warhorse a chance shows that he's a decent dude. I know. I said I was going to flip back and forth, my friend. AEW and NXT. So... I'm glad that at least one roster is showing interest and actually being able to let loose 
not just on the microphone, but in general. So, without further ado, ladies and germs, I got 35 minutes left, and I'm going to use them wisely. The following portion of Off the Rails is not suitable for minors under the age of 18. It's the lowest age that go to the minimum age you have to be to listen to this, 14. So, Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast that was coined in two, March 7, 2016. Do you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you try to reproduce my show without permission, you will be fined $45 for the use of Off the Rails Uncensored. Trust me, I know a lot of people who tell me this, but it's for mature audiences only. Contains expletive language, and I do not guarantee that you listen to the show and you won't be offended because of all the foul fucking language I use. Anyways, enough of my babble. Time to get inside my head, motherfuckers, because. It's a very, very good place tonight for me. I've got a lot of material. Not too much to, you know, be a stand-up comedian, but, you know, you get the drift. Monkeys in the truck. Or sitting on chairs, drinking beers. All righty. Hit my motherfucking music. So both sides who are going to war tonight with each other on Wednesday, allow me to say two things. Actually, a few things. One, I've said this multiple times, the women's division in AEW is a fucking joke. And then the other side of their women's division sounds something like this. We actually have talent. We can work. We can put in the good times and give the fans exactly what they want. I don't even know where to begin because their non-title match for the Kirishita, it's like, okay, that was my assessment of it. Uh, the match, let's see here, FTR signed the contract for their debut. So, fuck the revival of signing a contract. Go figure, right? And their contract clause is kind of funny. We get tag ropes. One comes in the ring, the other one can't. When the other one is trying to get a tag, blah, 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 double team and all that. I think it's actually, I'm pretty sure it's a direct shot at their moniker when they were with NXT. Those two actually are very underrated. They're kind of like Impact's version of the Good Brothers. Now, moving forward, there wasn't much talking in NXT. I mean, you can say it, but holy freaking main roster infusion, Batman. There's only like two promos. Thank God. Now we have an interviewer. 
asking the workers, you know, while they're in back business, it's normal because you have a two-hour segment. Not a bad, bad thing. And I say that with conviction. It's not a bad thing to have only one or two interviews in the back for NXT. It's also not a bad thing that they finally let Keith Lee have at it. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Just let them blow the words. Otherwise, you're going to have what you have on Raw and SmackDown Live. Oh, and yes, my personal favorite when they whip out the microphone and start giving promo on a fucking pay-per-view. That's why I say I'd much rather there be less talking and then actually have some wrestling involved. Okay. When Kyrie Sane said goodbye today officially to rejoin her family in Japan, I know I'm going all over the place, but she was NXT Women's Champion. She was the one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champion before COVID-19. Her and Asuka were just tearing it up in the women's division, and I love those two. Um, NXT's doing a good job transitioning, but no one knows who Dexter Loomis is. No one knows who Bronson Reed is. You say, Bronson Reed? My reaction. I barely knew the guy. You know, the NXT breakout tournament, that's where we all got introduced to the big man. And he is involved as one of the five competitors to receive that North American championship on top of the ladder. Sorry if I'm sounding a bit choreographed and rehearsed. I fucking hate that shit. Especially for a podcast, you know, because I believe it's spontaneity. Surprise you with what kind of spontaneous things I will do. Back to the reports, man. Okay, so Jericho on the other end, you know, he, for the sake of entertainment, Orange Cassidy. Not so sure, though. Orange Cassidy and a few other things that bothered me about AEW, but the point is, so far, show's not bad. And I could watch the replay downstairs in my roommate's basement. Then he got, you know, he gets pretty pissed if I um, don't tell him that I'm recording stuff and he said it takes up space. Anyways, anyways. I thought it was funny as hell when Jericho stood in the ring and says, what does it smell like? And someone comes up behind him and says, it smells like cat piss. When Shivani kept moving the mic around, it was just, I don't know if they were trying to keep a straight face or intentionally trying to laugh, but I know I'd be giggling like hell before I got back to Gorilla. Especially seeing as how The joke of, you know, what does it smell like? And then it's just like a waterfall. It smells like happy, happy Shivani. So instead of saying cold, thank the Lord. I think both sides 
AEW and WWE's NXT did a good job. No one wants to see hour and a half of blathering in the ring about, well, I did this, you know, thing last week and I beat you last week. Kind of gets a little, actually not. It's old. I want something new. Is that too much to ask? But we get it in an NXT, that's for damn sure. When it comes to AEW, I haven't really, I mean, I've read their results. I haven't really reported on anything at all. But I also want to point out something to you that I find interesting that Moxley said. The the differences between AEW and WWE. When it comes to miking, folks. World-famous Monster Factory, other wrestling schools like Wildcat Sports. They always teach you the basics in wrestling school, I would hope. When you pick up a microphone and you're the heel, common mistake that a lot of us make is not, one, doing research not making any sense by tearing down our opponent without even, you know, building him up first. Three, these are unwritten rules. Be yourself. And if you can think outside the box, it's even fucking better when you're on the mic. If you don't capture an audience's attention... Within the first 30 seconds, they're gonna. if there was an audience, they'd be booing the fuck out of you and probably telling you, go home, hitch the next ride to the next hotel and see if the town actually fucking cares. I love the fact that Moxley said the difference is we're allowed to feel free. We're allowed to say exactly how we feel because it's, Actually, a lot of shit out. It doesn't hinder your learning experience to let loose every once in a great while, folks, because promos on WWE Raw versus promos on AEW Dynamite, there's just a lot that bothers me, especially when a promo gets to Maine. It's like, here, we'll put you in plastic handcuffs and... um, you're, you're going to go off this, you're going to read it word for word, verbatim, and read a pack. Like, no, motherfucker, that's not professional wrestling. It means, say this, don't say that. In other words, I get where Mox is coming from. You know why? Because once upon a time, yours truly was trying to break into professional wrestling I learned a valuable lesson. It's not about the managers. It's all about making sure you put your talent over. That's the job and duty of a manager. Oh, and um, I mentioned earlier that I would give both sides a fair shake. It's kind of hard not to. Because, yes, I can be cynical, and, yes, I can be out there and random rambling will ensue. I can be out there when it comes to thoughts, but I do actually bring my points home. One of those points is 
if you, for the first time, are practicing promos, when this shit is over with, must I remind you, be yourself, learn, ask questions, this is the, you know, this is the answer to your question, like, when you want to be something big, starts with you, invest in yourself. Oh, and by the way, once Monster Factory, I believe, is still open. But if you want to check out the website, go ahead at www.monsterfactory.org. It's a very, very interesting school, and that school will teach you from the very get-go. Invest in yourself. Do you know why? It's going to be a lot of fun if you do. And I don't know about the rules about COVID-19, but like I said, if you have any further questions... Do not email the office. The phone number is right on the website at www.monsterfactory.org. Making your dreams of a professional wrestler, referee, manager, whomever comes to you. If you don't believe the credentials, man, that Danny Cage and that school have, Punishment Martinez, Matt Riddle, Seamus, the Good Brothers, It's always interesting to me that tonight, you know, you see a variated contrast of what normally goes on those shows. You ask me the question, I'm giving you the answer, my friend. I do, I do believe that uh, AEW is the company that, like I said, reminds me a lot of ECW and WCW and when Moxley said, They let loose. It instantly clicked in my noggin, right? ECW let Stone Cold Steve Austin a long time ago dress like Hulk Hogan. And basically he went off the cuff and said however he fucking felt and didn't give two flying shits or two flying fucks, that sounds a lot better, about what he said, what he did, and how people would perceive him and react. So, sorry for the dramatic pauses, folks. Just trying to unwind the rest of the night. If you have any questions, wrestle underscore radio, wrestle radio network, forward slash facebook.com. Send me your questions, folks. I got like 20 or 21 actually involved right now. Okay. Cool. And I do from what I gather, yes, there's a lot of controversy with the Me Too movement. And I don't know why you would believe certain people, but you know, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. And just see how. Mm hmm. I agree. Moving forward, back to the whole promo thing. You know what? When you express yourself on the mic in professional wrestling, you do so where people are going to be like, yeah, that was fucking awesome. Someone speaks the truth about WWE, it's the promos. Holy fuck. There's a lot of companies that uniform how they do their promos, and it seems very rehearsed, very um, nonchalantly put together, and it's paragraphs from what I I don't know. I've heard doesn't mean I know. I've heard meaning this is their style formatted promo. 
this is what you're supposed to say. If you don't memorize it, just, you know, ad lib. It would take heavy equipment to remove the control that goes through promos because people are like, well, it has to be structured. It's a PG show. It's a kid-friendly. No. You lose most of your audience if it's WWE. If it's kids, that's a lie. There are people my age demographic watching them. And one of the things that I notice as a fan is that until tonight, until Keith Lee said the word bullshit and that you owe me face-to-face confrontation, sometimes, you know, it's like walking on eggshells, waking headquarters up, if you will, in WWE if they say the word fuck, that's a definite fine by the FCC or the BBB or whomever the fuck does this shit. But the point is, gotta be hell bent, in my opinion. If you're if you're a promo and your character doesn't do the basics or doesn't know the basics, I got news for you. It's gonna be difficult because I was brought down the size when I did my promos because it wasn't quite fucking working out. And I had to do like several takes at Monster Factory. And there's a dude by the name of Royal Madrid who was very encouraging, you know, the fact that I was completely fucking up during this advertisement for people coming in to see for Ganon at Monster Factory, right? It's a lot of work that goes into this shit. It's not just, oh, get a makeup, you know, okay, this is what you say, this is what you don't say. Because unless they truly come after your ass, you're fine. And this is just personal observation. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that... Well, yeah, dude, I basically made the decision to retire because... Not because I failed the promos, but because there's really nowhere they can put me. I mean, they already have a shit ton of managers in AEW. They have an overflow, if you will. They have an overflow in WWE, Robert Stone. I mean, the man has, like, a lot of credentials to be Jersey Shore Jr. And I say that because, one, his height. Two, he interferes like uh, Harvey Whippleman, which is kind of funny to me. And three, being a manager right now, you have to go back in my shit and just rewatch some Paul Bear match with The Undertaker, Million Dollar Man. And they'll say, well, he's a wrestler. That makes sense because he knows, he knows where to distract and when not to. Stay in one corner, my man. And then if the time comes for your spot, don't fucking go over there and make it obvious. Okay? Anyways, when you're on the mic, please understand, dude, there's a lot of people with preferences and which flavor of ice cream bullshit and metaphors that get used. What I'm here for to tell you is it does seem a lot like they're uniforming the paper towels. That's 
so not. Why are you sending me random text? Mess up the show. That was not unintentional, and my roommates are laughing their asses off right now. Anyways, when you're on the mic, make sure people pay attention to you. Because if I'm, I am one person out of many that if you're trying to advertise like a Jehovah's Witness, I'm going to fucking turn the channel and watch something else that captures my attention. Being a good mic is extremely important because then people get a sense of who you are. The reason they do that with Moxley is Moxley builds like a crescendo. He paces back and forth like a madman. And then when he gets to pick up the microphone, it's like a blend of Macho Man Randy Savage, CM Punk. Now, the only one that probably wouldn't be impressed with the ability to be like Punk would probably be Chris Jericho. That man, we give him any kind of time whatsoever on that microphone, it's pure gold. Just like if you give The Rock a microphone and he's in a pro wrestling ring in WWE, the fuck what? You better just strap on your seatbelts because his promos do not discriminate when it comes to roasting. Just roasting, but basically being honest. As a character, that is. Now, for most of his promos, highly entertaining, yes. His backstage interviews, mm-hmm. His mic skills are by far one of the best, just like Jericho's, just like Kevin Owens. Let them fucking loose. And I can tell you, it'd be very therapeutic for viewers everywhere. Oh, why are they cussing? Oh, I don't want them to watch cussing. Bitch, please. If you can't take the heat, you get out of the fucking kitchen. Because there are some things in wrestling that were said back in the day now that people are like, I can't believe they actually let them get away with it. Hell, man, it was the Monday Night Wars. And even before the Monday Night Wars, it was just, you know... This thing we call wrestling, and you had Saturday night main event. And if you were lucky, you'd hop online, watch it through AOL, or if you could be able to afford that pay-per-view with your allowance, it's important to know how to talk. You can write down a zillion promos and still fucking, you know, the airways with bad oh I stammered I stuttered but if you do that on camera time you're going to have a major talk in the back because the fans will be like I thought this was the pro level why you know it's very important that you know how to not only chat but sometimes people treat it as a conversation and it works just well for their character their fucking gimmick in professional wrestling Sometimes, yes, you hit a snag and then you repeat yourself over and over again, Lana. People can rip apart other people, man. I'm not the only one that does it. Thing 
it's one of the major areas that needs work on in WWE because you can tell the microphone gets picked up by somebody who's not that very articulate or can't get their point across. In other words, it's important to understand how to pick up a microphone, and if you can't pick one up, might I suggest, I know, I'm trying to get through this, my friend, and if you can't talk on the mic, get someone very similar to Paul Heyman, suck it up, buttercups, and you do the best you can if it ever comes, your opportunity comes knocking, to do the best you can. And if not, if you like being uniform, let's just say there's some people that like that treatment. I, it depends. If somebody was to come up to me and say, hey, you have an opportunity for WWE or AEW, you take it. Is that your question? You'd be a fool not to go, man. I, I swear. How many people amaze me? With eight minutes left, I just want to point out something. Mike's skills are very important, and a lot of people do not like promos. Those are the people that gravitate towards the managing type. Moi, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Million Dollar Man. Andre was even in, you know, in a school, but he didn't really do much at WrestleMania, well, except for basically help coin the phrase and also made history for it, right, Hogan? Point is, man, if you don't have electricity during your promos right now, especially in times like these, people are just going to lose interest. They're going to walk away. They're going to say, I could have better shit to watch or better things to do. Some say I used to watch that shit when I was little. Do you know how that really irritates me? You used to watch it when you were little. That's fine. It's fine, but it does irritate me that whenever I've seen certain reactions, oh, it's time to promo, cut a minute promo, or certain reactions that people give is just, we hate doing this. Well, how do you think not only managers, but valets feel when they can't begin to feel how hella frustrated when they're dealing with someone, I don't like to talk. I'm not good at public speaking. Well, I got a newsflash for you. Why are you a wrestler? Because you got to be well-versed in learning everything, not just one position. It's like a job, the job that some of us actually want. So when Moxley said, the difference between this and WWE, I don't blame the man because honestly it does feel very, very fucking uniformed. And it doesn't feel one hell of a bit of secure at all when you're in the back and you're here, you say this instead of this during the fucking show. Yeah, I may be 
a heavy cynic on AEW, but he is right about in WWE, you know, they tell you they hand you a sheet and you got to read this fucking paragraph. You got to go on straight and narrow for the time being until you get clout, until you get clarity that you're a fucking superstar. So they let Keith Lee rip loose tonight. That's a change. Sometimes it's weird, man. NXT has its ups and downs. It has its times, you know, when people are on the mic. But every say but. I wasn't really paying attention until I heard bleep. I'm so happy that they gave Keith Lee free range now because some of it's failing miserably. Because Adam Cole had been champion for so long, that's when they decided to pull the plug. Point is, some people are meant to be in that wrestling ring talking and somewhat working. Adam Cole happens to be a great mic and a personality that you either love or you get along with or you hate. Chris Jericho, that dude can talk for days about anything. You give him a subject, take it out of the hat, you give it to him, and he will just basically do the best he can to describe all the adjectives that happen. And what he's undergone is, you know, I digress, I get distracted. And as I yawn, let me just tell you, if you have free range on a promo and you can make perfect sense of what you say, go for it. If you have free range and you just babble on in circles and don't make any bit of fucking sense whatsoever, stay in the store, take it out, dump it, do whatever you got to do. It's a waste of your money. If you don't invest in yourself, totally random advertisement brought to you by Crazy Incorporated. You can tell folks that I'm starting to fade here. If you're not good on the mic, stay away. The difference between WWE and AEW is WWE is forcing people out of their comfort zone. Especially now because it's getting to that point where you got to roll up your sleeves, get a little dirty, do the best you can. Having good mic skills is numero uno on some promoters' lists. On other promoters' lists, they have a manager do it for you. And if you can't agree with anything that I said, that's fine. But I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. I'm not done yet, folks. Being a wrestler is not just one-dimensional anymore. It used to be if you couldn't talk, your manager spoke for you. If you couldn't work, you better be able to talk. It's kind of a funny twist, right? All right, folks, that'll do it for tonight. <clears throat> Let's see here. Yeah. 
cat pee for Jericho's jacket because the orange juice smells so bad. He's wearing it outside. So, Jericho's jacket get well soon. I don't know. Better than his light-up jacket back to put in the wash by accident. Anyways, I got to go. Two little bitches got to catch a subway here in about, mm, I want to say, actually, four in the morning. All right. Let's do this. A little bit of old school outro. Take it away. It's all about reality and making some noise. 